Hello there, I'm Graham Bell. I produce country music radio programs in Australia for years for the ABC and commercial radio stations. I'd like to share with you an interview I did with a country music artist. Backman was born in 1947. He grew up in Ascot Vale, a suburb of Melbourne. He started work in a sawmill in Victoria, and at 15, he started singing at parties. He had his first country hit with My Girl Bill in 1974, and the following year, he had a hit with He'll Have to Go. On the telephone right now, I have Cash Backman. Good morning, Cash. How are you? Thanks, Graham. Yourself? Good. Real good. Excellent. Cash, you've got your new album out, Father and Son. Yeah. It's a good album. Thank you very much. Can you tell me about it? Uh, what do you want to know? All right. Uh, how much of it have you written on it? Did you write on it? Well, there are uh, there are 11 uh, tracks on the album, uh, two of which, uh, one of which is a Mike Brady song, and the other is uh, the uh, the Cat Stevens classic, Father and Son, because it seemed appropriate, seeing as I was doing it with my with my boy. Hmm. Um, and the other nine tracks are, uh, are original uh, songs, man. Yep. And how's it going? Oh, good. The album's going great the performances there's uh, there's a lot of work out there so yeah all in all we're very very excited about it it's a while since we've had an album from you it ha- yeah it- <laughs> As I say, normally that's a long time between drinks but this yeah. is a long time between albums it certainly is yeah Oh, it's still, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's not like the 80s. I mean, the 80s was great. You could just sort of snap your fingers almost and someone would jump up and give you a, a recording contract, give you a deal and want to have you not. But uh, it's it's not like that anymore. Certainly not for, for, for people my age. I mean, I have been in the industry 21-odd uh, years as a professional performer and Nobody really believes me when I say I started at 13, so yes. that sort of puts me in a, a certain age group. And as with uh, a lot of older performers, I mean, you know yourself now, the, the market generally out there is uh, they're looking for, for younger acts like your Kernigans and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, and, and I guess that uh, that was one of the things that, uh, or the reasons that there hasn't been an album around for a while, but I'm glad that uh, with this particular product we've got out now, um, I, I'm glad that uh, the the uh, reception to it, you know, or the acceptance, if if you like, to it has been so good. Even you know, from a younger market. So who knows, mate? Mm. <laughs> Maybe there's something there left still. Well, we're doing another one. We'll see how this one goes. Yeah, Cash. If you didn't know, and you should, I certainly know. You've got a lot of fans out there. Well, there are a lot of fans out there. There are also a lot of people out there who, who think Cash Backman died. <laughs> it's funny, you know, sometimes we, we go to gigs and, and they, 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 some of the comments made say, gee, I thought he was older than that. I thought he was about 60 or 65. Mm. And other people say, oh, I thought he was dead. You've got to laugh. You've got to look at the funny side of things, right? Oh, you don't listen to that. <laughs> How's the production on this compared to uh, your earlier song? that we know you so well for. How is the production? Hmm, is it different, do you think? Well, 
well, it's it's more modern. It's sort of this one. This album, uh, I admit, has got away a little bit, uh, sort of from the the country feel. I mean, by virtue of the sort of voice that I've got, anything I th- I sing probably sounds country anyway. But we're trying to get away a little bit from from that, um, and it, it, that's the way it happened because of Dan's input, as as you hear on the album. You know, he's uh, he's sort of got uh, a slightly different style, more modern style. So it sort of tends to to uh, it's it's become more a middle of the road type thing rather than a country album per se. But it's a little more electronic than in the past. Um, but uh, again, with the with the next album, we'll be going back more to to my country roots. But yeah, it's 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 more produced. It's well produced. We've had I'm I'm wrapped that a lot of people have actually uh, you know people in the know um, like say people like yourself for instance have said it's a very well produced album and one of the write-ups we got uh, just recently said that that it's very well produced and and that's good too because you know you don't want to put out a crappy product or certainly I don't no the competition is getting uh, harder in Australia <laughs> isn't it I mean we're, we're they're really starting to get with it it's all happened in the last couple of years Has it? oh I think so yeah I mean you listen you listen to some of the stuff that Kernigan's putting out I mean it just it sounds like it. It sounds like it could have been done in the states. Where well, it is. It can match that. Our, our our production can match theirs. I think. Yeah, I mean, whereas fifteen years ago, yeah. or as little as fifteen years ago, um, you could tell. You yes. certainly in country music, you could tell what was an Australian album and what was an American album. Exactly. Yes, uh, we have come a long way. I can remember Tex Morton first started to record. He'd walk into this room, and the mic would be swinging from the ceiling, and he'd stand there and, and sing a couple of songs and that was it absolutely that was the only backing that country artists got well i remember also a, a point where uh, it was uh, it wasn't uncommon to to set up a microphone in a in a toilet block or something like that so you could get that nice reverb you know <laughs> uh and i guess that's why people think they sound so good under the shower or something or wherever because they've got that nice echo you know? yes. and that was that was quite a common practice. Yeah, sure. Whereas now, I mean... <laughs> Until someone wanted to come in. <laughs> Tell me, mate, what's your favourite track on this album and why do you like it? Well, I have got a couple of favourites. I, I do like Heaven Lost a Bet. I, uh, I, 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 I don't know, that just got a good feel to me. But uh, there are a lot of songs I, I like on the album just purely because of, of what they say, um, even though, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, I can't remember now. I've got a mental block. Uh, yeah. one, of the, uh, one of the songs. What's... Well, well, father and Son comes up, Will. What's the second last song? You've, you've got a number. Victim of a Rage. Sorry? Victim of a Rage. I know that's a morbid song. But it's it's basically about uh, you know abuse in the home, domestic mm. abuse, and uh, that's kind of uh, I like that because it says something. Um, I don't know. Look, for me to choose, it's it's pretty difficult. For, I, I guess it's probably hard asking a writer of his own songs which one's his favourite. But uh, I like them all. Can I say that? No. All oh, right. Marcia Hines was it? Were you were you on with Marcia Hines or? Oh, I did heaps of tours with her, and certainly... I'm sure it was orange. ...in the 70s, yeah, and it's quite possible. And you came out and you sang on your own with a guitar. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, and I could I could listen to that all night. <laughs> no, it was top, mate. And and uh, then of course the songs that you did come out with, uh, you built a lot of fans up. Um, they were they were great years for me. Yes, touring solo like that, and I mean, um, you know, it was it was obvious why I was on the road from a promote, promoter's point of view because it was one guy, one guitar, one, one airfare or whatever, and one room, and it was easy to work out. You know, there were no complications, um, and but I went out there and tried the best I can, and I think to a certain extent, I guess what happened too, Graham, was that I got a lot of sympathy too from people. You know, it's like oh, that poor guy just out there by himself. You know, and uh, but yeah, I did in those years. I did sort of uh, a lot of a lot of get a lot of followers. A lot of people like what I was doing, which was which is great for me, of course. And I, as a as a um, course of that, of course, uh, the Marsha Hines. I think with Marsha Hines in one year, I did about six tours with her. You know, because this guy was just so easy to take on the road. Mm. And then, of course, with your other people like your Roy Orbisons and Phyllis Dillers, um, the budget was such that it had to be kept to a minimum. And, and I guess the promoters thought, well, this guy can do it on his own, so let's get him. Mm. And that was a great plus for me. Mm. If I, I, I feel a little bit sorry for those entertainers out there who don't play a musical instrument, and there have been some good ones, especially sort of ladies, people like Donna Fisk, for instance. You know, Donna could probably have got a heck of a lot more work had she been able to accompany herself with, on guitar or something. Mm. But when you've got to have, they need a band and they need this and something else, and a promoter thinking, well, hang on, this this sounds like a bit of a headache, so let's look for someone who can mm. self-contain. So that was good from, from that point of view. Yeah. Mm. How's Donna going? Uh, well, I believe she's uh, she's getting into uh, some songwriting. Last I heard, which is only as little as about a week or so ago, she's uh, co-writing some stuff with uh, Brian Cadd and what have you not. So, Good work. Yeah, because Brian's moving pretty heavily into the country. Oh, yes. Scene. Yeah. Yes. Who did I hear the other day? And he uh, did the backing, or he... yeah. Anyway, getting off the track. Um, the days were, you know, you sort of didn't fit into the real country. Australian country scene absolutely and didn't really make the rock scene yeah you were just in in that little niche in between that's a shame isn't it because if you would had come into the scene now mm. you'd be a far bigger star than what you were then I believe well it's yeah I I, I, I know exactly what you're saying there and you know I'm trying not to trying not to sound conceited about it but People like Ron Tudor, who at that time was, of course, huge in the recording industry and one thing and another with, with Fable and what have you not, Ron always said, Backman, your only problem is is that like when we, when we did the little bit of Understanding album, and Ron heard that, and he said, oh, what a great album. He said, the only problem is, Backman, I think you're probably about 15, 20 years ahead of your time. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, the sort of music, it doesn't fit the rock, exactly what you just said. It doesn't fit the rock market, but it doesn't really fit the Australian market. And a lot of people in those days, in the in the 70s, said, why don't you just go to America? Go to the States, because that's where it'll happen, because there's a broader, you know, they've got, they've got uh, everything, followings from, from blues, jazz, to obscure music or whatever. Go to America. Well, I never did. Mm. There's a lot of people over in America. Yeah, except for we we 
did go over subsequently in 85 I went over with a band and just had a great response over there mm. but uh, as a as a performing muso or trying to get work over there or reside in America I never did that and I just stayed with it here now uh, whilst what you say might be might have some truth in it uh, and from what other people have said they've felt the same way but I figure well the thing is it doesn't mean that it's the end just because it's 20 years further down the track and if you like Australian uh, uh, the Australian country music industry and, and listeners out there are sort of getting more into what's currently happening. That doesn't mean to say uh, I'm necessarily going to be left behind. Look, I look at it this way. There are a lot of people out there who've been around the industry for years. You've got your people in the in the rock markets like your Joe Cockers, your Tom Joneses, I mean, your Rod Stewart's even, whatever. And just because you're a few years older down the track, um, doesn't mean to say you've got to sort of pull the covers over and die. So, am I making sense? Yes, yes, yes. But I still think I'm right when it's too. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not saying you, you, you're wrong or, anything, yeah. or disputing that. As I said, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of people said that to me, yes. or have said that to me, and and as I mentioned, Ron Tudor before. Mm. Mm. I can understand him saying that. So, but that's cool, you know. Mm. In hindsight, well, there's nothing we can do. It's 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 a it's a fact, and it was just. But you know yourself, Graham. In hindsight, uh, everything can be different, or could have been different, or could have been made different. I guess we just got to go with what we got. Sure. Yeah. Do the best with what you got. Yeah. Yeah. And you must have been asked this question a million times. Um, my my girl, Bill. Yeah. What about? Were you happy doing that? At the time, I was. At the time, I was. It was really weird. We in 1973, uh, my manager then, John Blanchfield, got hold of a song called "Rhinestone Cowboy," and this was the original Larry Weiss. The, the writer was Larry, as Larry Weiss, and uh, and he saw it going up the uh, the charts in the states, you know, through Cashbox Mag and stuff like that. And uh, we had a listen to it, and I said, "Oh, what a great song! You know, got a good country feel." Blah blah blah. Um, and John. John said, but it kind of doesn't sound like a hit. Now, that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound like a hit. Okay, let's go to the next step. Well, mid-74, this My Girl Bill came along. Jim Stafford, of course, had just come off Spiders and Snakes and released this My Girl Bill thing. John heard it and said, uh, wow, you know, here's this song. Wow, you know, the people will be talking about this, blah, blah, blah. Let's go. How do you feel about doing that? And said, no problem at all. Let's go for it. So we did. Now, again, in hindsight, <laughs> uh, we should have done Rhinestone Cowboy first, established this person called Cash Backman as some sort of a singer, and then, uh, as with Jim Stafford, the first time we ever heard him, basically, was Spiders and Snakes. And then he's got this My Girl Bill, and wow, you know, we all know who Jim Stafford is. And it should have been the same with, with in hindsight again, with Cash Backman, but what we did, we went for the big one. And because it was such a big song, such a, such a monster hit, we had nothing to follow up with. And I mean, two years down the track, people were still sending us novelty songs. And here's this guy wanting to be um, uh, considered or thought of as a serious performer, not like a Ray Stevens, for instance. And my manager wanted that at the same time. So much so that we didn't even put My Girl Bill. In fact, we sort of tried to then 
run away from it, if you like, hide the song, uh, because we didn't even put it on the first album. Mm. So, of course, when the first album came out, Loving You, it was like, oh, who's this guy? Mm. You know, mm. had we have put featuring hit single My Girl Bill, mm. people said, oh, that's the one, let's go out and have a listen to this. Mm. Then could have got into the serious side of Cash Backman, if you like. Mm. But, uh, you know, there again, mm. <laughs> I, I was green, everyone was green in those days. Mm. Cash, did you ever try uh, with your product overseas? Um, not as far as marketing it or anything like that. The only time anyone sort of heard my stuff overseas is when uh, I went over there in 1985 for uh, uh, Memphis in May. Every uh, every year in Memphis, they uh, they dedicate the month of May to a to a country, and uh, 85 was Australia's turn. So that was the only time I went over there, and they had some some of our stuff, but nothing really eventuated from there. As I think you said earlier in the conversation, um, there are a lot of people over there, a lot of competition. Mm. I, mean, I was just blown away by by some of the people that I saw performing and playing next to their combi vans in mm. in, in, uh, in car parks with their guitar cases open, like uh, not necessarily busking as such, but if you threw them some coins, that was great. But hopefully uh, that somebody from a record company, particularly in Nashville, that someone from a record company just might be walking by and hear them mm. and the talent over there was awesome mm. just awesome mm. so uh, you know they're all standing in line waiting and the Americans have got a good policy in that uh, hey let's give it to our to the locals and that's something that I've been a little bit peeved with for many many years as have been people like your Ron Tudors and other mm. people in the music industry mm. is that uh, uh, our, our government the rules over here are such that well anyone can come over and that's fine you know let them take the money out of the country mm. we should be a little more stricter here and give our people a chance and i think that's what's happening more now which is very exciting for the industry mm. cash who was that um, i think he was uh, andy um andy king oh he was a very talented man oh poor andy yeah. you know, that one of the saddest moments and jeez it nearly brings tears to my eyes when you said his name it just sort of flashed back to me andy was sending me songs from the states because it took him a heck of a long time he used to sort of skip over to canada and stay there for a while and when things cooled down or when he could come back in he'd get he'd jump back into nashville but um eventually he he got a green card and blah 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 and all that sort of stuff after I think about a dozen years or something and uh, this thing had been nagging me for, because I used to ring him on a regular basis, this thing had been nagging me day in day out, I've oh, got to ring Andy, got to ring Andy, got to ring Andy, blah 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 so I eventually called Andy and the lady he was with answered the phone and uh, she said I'm sorry Andy's no longer here and I said oh gee I'm sorry to hear that, where's thinking that they're broken up and he died two weeks earlier and it was like when I first got this feeling that I should ring him and it was really freaky and yeah, he just that's it he, he was a great talent yeah good writer good performer excellent that's for 
for sure. Mm. Yeah, I, we used to joke, I, I one day, because my heritage is, is Latvian, right? My yeah. Latvian. And we used to joke, I, I wrote him a letter once saying something like, uh, who knows, I, I might be the first uh, Latvian uh, <laughs> king of country, or king of country award, or something like that. And he wrote back and he said, uh, 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 me. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to know Andy. He was uh, yeah, a very likeable fellow. But a very nice anyway, we're nearly out of tape. Mate, what's been your most embarrassing moment on stage? My most embarrassing moment on stage? Um, I think I was performing one night at a, at a club and it was very, very dark around my feet. Um, and I'd forgotten about this great big monitor, this, this fold-back speaker box they'd put in front of the microphone. So this spotlight coming on me and I'm going away and it's fantastic and it's the last song and I say, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Love you all. And I step away from the mic to the right and walk because I sort of had to walk through towards the audience. And I tripped over this damn speaker and just went a six it. But I. I'll be back with another country artist for a country artist chat. Graham Bell saying, until then, you take care now.